I drink till the night comes another day and the day's just another little thing in our way. There's something about the way you beat me down that I'll never learn. You're the pint of no return. The pain in my chest, the stain on your dress, the glass in my eye. But this life is a joke and death is the punch. I Welcome to Mothers of Mayhem, an extreme horror podcast. Hello, children, and welcome. <gasps> children, right now, you might be thinking, excuse me, madam, you are not Christina. And this thought is very valid uh, because this is not Christina. This is Donna. Donna is Christina now, and there's nothing, anything, any, and nothing any of you can do about this nope i have one i have been jealous of these ladies interviewing these amazing authors and so i kind of uh tied up christina in my basement um, right so i could have at least one episode as a co-host she's in a, a dark victory <laughs> <laughs> a victory is victory yours is mine. <laughs> you're 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 like the mother <laughs> You're like the motherfucking Putin of podcasts. I am. I'm the... <laughs> wow. Was that too soon? Was it? Was it, Was that too spicy? Is it too? Is it too? Is it too soon for the spicy Putin jokes? Spicy Donna. Putin. Spicy Putin. Spicy Putin. This. <laughs> that is potentially one of the, the one of the best and worst things to ever fire out of my dumb brain <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna trademark this i'm tra- i am trademarking this shit so if any of you little weirdos end up calling your shitty ass punk bands spicy putin i will 100 sue your asses and rightfully so thank you thank yes. you donna thank you for enabling and validating my unhinged and impulsive tendency to make ridiculous threats I cannot follow through on. Thank you. Well, you know, I do my best. Oh, I am very happy to have you here today. (laughs) (laughs) Children, children, if you are not already aware, this lady here is indeed Miss Donna Latham, indie horror author, celebrity super fan, and honorary mother of mayhem. Most recently, she was a featured guest on episode seven, Dreadful Pennies, where we discussed the recent indie horror renaissance and the historical phases of horror, and she was a genius. Welcome back to the show, Miss Donna. Thank you for being my emotional support person today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, don't forget, I am also the horror uh, godmother, den mother of horror, den mother of yes, um, the den mother of indie horror, den mother of indie horror. So, children, please, if you need anything, please just let me know. I will direct you to the appropriate books for whatever it is you're looking for. And okay. and I'm the den mother because I'm old. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm old, all gray here. Donna, uh, Donna, Donna. 
we're all old at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, that shit's true right there. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's getting worse and worse every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day, every day, you're just a little bit older. Well, you guys, uh, Christina could not hang with us today um, because she is in Donna's basement buried under a large mountain of dildos that uh, magically appeared via the U.S. mail system. So thank you all for your support and your participation in making that happen. The battle has been won, but the war is not over. So send Christina more details. Yeah. Send Christina more dildos. This is very important. Donna. 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 Marion. Donna, do you know who we're talking to today? Are we talking to David McCluskey? We are! Yes. Um, He's also known under the pen name of D.E. McCluskey. Um, He's a remarkably prolific author, penning titles across various genres from children's books Really? Children's books? Yes, the seagull yeah, children's tale. Books. Yes. Um, to subversive gross out horror. Uh, that's just a huge range right there. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and not only is David an author, but he is the creator of the comic book series Interesting Times with a Y, T Y M E S, yes. as well as other graphic novels. I mean, what does this man not do? It's amazing. You know, he has a, a an amazing graphic novel adaptation of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Yes. Yeah, I and saw it's that. Beautiful. It's amazing. I this is like one of the things I want to talk to him about because his range is astounding. Like nothing nothing seems to be a barrier for him and it really like I find it highly questionable <laughs> there's something off about <laughs> something's not right here something's not right you know another thing that I really love about David is that every time we talk to each other he always calls me chicken <laughs> like this is it's like the cutest and funniest term of endearment that anyone has ever slapped on me and I honestly just can't get enough of it and because he calls me chicken in my head instead of calling him David McCluskey I call him David McClucky and he McClucky. does not know that but after he watches this he will he will McClucky and you know <laughs> Now I'm going to be calling him that too. Clucky in my head. He is clucky. And now he is clucky to the entire listening community. <laughs> David. <Mar-welcome>. <laughs> Donna. I believe you have been reading David's work far longer than I have. Actually, what off the top of your head, what would you consider your favorite? david mccluskey title um you know i gotta say cravings oh that was my very first book that mine as well yeah yeah so i started with that and then i was like just picking up everything else and yeah it was everything i had hoped for and more I, you know, so the cover of Cravings, you guys, is this like delightfully beautiful looking chocolate croissant 
is it it's like this like chocolate flaky pastry thing so when you pick up this book just based on the synopsis you go into it and like you don't really know what's coming no but um there's a lot of poop stuff (laughs) (laughs) putting it mildly and it got it got it, it right like right off the bat right off the bat it hits you in the face and then he just keeps it rolling the whole time mm-hmm. and it's very similar to my favorite mccluskey book which was actually one of his more recent ones from the end well this was uh it, he released this like october of 2021 i think i think it was during 31 days of godless yeah but I, it's quickly become, I think, one of his best known, and that is Zola. Zola, Zola. has a, a big wedge of cheese on the front cover, and um, it is the most disgusting and vile thing I have ever read <laughs> in my life. It was the first time out of all of these subversive, transgressive, gross-out books that I have read where I actually like had to close the book and like set it aside and try to like fight back the urge to not feel good. Because <laughs> there's stuff that happens in this book where I am like, yo, you just, uh, all nurses will tell you that they have one thing that they just can't handle. And I always thought I was like, pretty good and even keeled with most stuff uh clucky found my weakness (laughs) (laughs) clucky definitely found my weakness and it's anything that collects and can be removed from within the crotchal region (laughs) so if that's appealing to any of you freaks who are listening to this podcast right now uh, you should most definitely go pick up Zola. Definitely. <laughs> There's also lots of dead body eating and cheese. I mean, cheese is life. Oh my God, it is. I love cheese so much. I, I mean, yeah. that's really what drew me to the book. Uh, I, I didn't care about the title. I didn't care about the synopsis. All I saw was a giant wedge of tea, cheese. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Count me in, man. I'm coming. I'm coming. Give me some cheese, man. Give it to me. Give it to me. Go ahead. Slap it on a chunk of dead body meat. I'll take it. <laughs> right? I mean, cheese makes everything better. Absolutely. You melt that shit. We can do it like, what's that style where they like, they melt it down and they like. Fondue. Yeah. all of a sudden doesn't sound so bad when you're putting cheese all over it and then dead bonnie chocolate fondue for dessert i do like chocolate too yeah i feel like we've really crossed some lines here yeah (laughs) i agree (laughs) um just for legal purposes i am going to just make a blanket statement that donna and i do not actually eat people no no we do not wink wink yet (laughs) we haven't we haven't made it to author con yet (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a whole other story so in about oh my god like less than four weeks donna donna and i are going to scares that cares author con 
in Williamsburg, Virginia for the entire yes. weekend. We are so excited. We know tons of people are going to be there. I believe that that will be happening prior to this uh, episode airing through Mothers of Mayhem. But just know that on the day that we are recording this, Donna and I are like frantically emotionally preparing ourselves for probably the best weekend of our lives thus far. Yeah. I had to go and buy a new bathing suit. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge us. There's a heated pool. And if we're hanging out all weekend, Donna and I are going swimming. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes, we are. Donna, what are you reading right now? Um, what am I reading right now? Um, I am reading Ensnared by Sharn Clavin. I don't know what this is. Yeah, um, Sharn Clavin is um, an author from Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, I actually read, heard about her books through Carver Pike's first chapter freak show. Um, oh, her yeah. book, he wrote for, uh, um, read from her book, buried which was really good um and the last time we we were together recording um it was getting ready to be february so i was devoting my february to women in horror um so i'm kind of winding that down um and i wanted to make sure i read one of her books because she's a super awesome woman um and she's like a machine she's like just pushing out these books um, so I wanted to make I'm sure I got awe of authors who can do this. Yeah. Actually, David, I think is like one of these authors, like they're dropping like 15, 16 titles a year, at least like our dear Ash, Eric Moore, he's dropping yeah. like seven a month. What the hell? Yeah. He's crazy. What is the general idea of the story? This is ensnared, right? ensnared so it's a young woman who goes with her parents the parents buy a farmhouse in like the middle of nowhere um and then of course spooky things start happening it's not extreme it actually could almost yes it's a paranormal it's really nice and she basically um there's a, a person stuck in a book trapped in a book so it's actually it could be a little bit young young adults it almost sounds like ya yeah i think my Catherine might like that actually yeah Ooh. it's really good and there's a second one to it as well but i haven't obviously i haven't read that because i'm still reading the first so there's two books in the series gosh dang it donna now i gotta add more <laughs> books to my freaking tbr <laughs> i know i know <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm about halfway through with it, and it's it's really good. Y'all, Donna mentioned um, Carver Pike's first chapter, Freak Show, which you can find on YouTube. And basically, it's a series where Carver chooses a book, and he reads the first chapter, right? Mm -hmm. And then he kind of breaks it down a little bit, talks about it. Carver is such a sweetheart. And uh, now that this event has come and gone, Carver, many congratulations to you and your beautiful drools on your yes, nuptials congratulations. that just happened this week. We love you guys so much. I can't get, I can't wait to meet Jules because um, she's an author as well. And I'll be bringing one of her books because I want her to sign one of her books for me. So. You have no idea. I, I'm tr desperately trying to uh, stash away money. Cause I'm going to spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on books. 
<laughs> like I need more. Well, the good thing is, um, I pretty much own all of um, Daniel Volpe and Aaron Beauregard's books. Um, and so I won't have to hang Carver Pikes. I think I only have like three left of his until I have them all. And Roland's, I have all of his. Um, Christopher Rufty will be there and I have yes. pretty much every single one of his books. Um, so I don't have to worry. Too. The only one I want from him is Devoured in the Dead, his Splatter Western. Oh, so. I'm about to go wild on CV Hunt. That's who I've got my sights set on. Like, give me all your stuff. And I know Candace Nola is bringing me a copy, a hardcover copy of uh, Baker's Dozen, which was my Ooh, absolute. It's beautiful. Oh, and it was my absolute favorite collection from last year. So I'm so excited. And I just can't wait to give Roland Versi Jr. a hug. That's like the right? thing I'm the most excited about. Please don't think I'm a weirdo, Roland, but it's true. Yeah. I love him so much. And I'm trying to um, um, make sure that Carver and I celebrate our birthday because we share the same birthday. What's we the, have the same your birthday? April 15th. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a party. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> we're gonna have he's such a good time he's my birthday uh, twin so that is so great we got a part we gotta you know celebrate a little bit donna i don't know if you saw i had done a tiktok recently um about an arc that i received from an author named paula ash who i was not familiar with before and she just reached out to me through Instagram and she was like, hey, uh, uh, would you be interested in reading an advanced copy of my uh, individual collection? We are here to hurt each other. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. And I mean, you and I both know we are buried in advanced reading copies, both digital yes. and physical. So we always say, I can't say no. Like I, it's FOMO for me. I have total that fear of missing out. I'm like, yes, no, please send me that. And then I feel bad because I can't read them all right away. Um, right. So they tend to sit, but there was something about this one. And I was like, ah, oh, I, I want to read it. I want to read it. So I did. Donna, you, I, it's out now. It's out. It's on Amazon. You need to get it today. 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 We are here to hurt each other. Paula Ash, A-S-H-E. It is one of the most beautifully written, eloquent, elegant, stunning, disturbing, gut-wrenching books I have ever read. And I am guaranteeing you right now, that book is going to be on my top 10 of 2022. I have put it there already. It is not going to budge. Yeah, that cover is pretty amazing. Oh, my God. This whole thing. So each story, they all have a very dreamlike feel to them. Um, you're in reality, but something about this reality just doesn't feel right. And there's kind of a, a supernatural thread um, just this horrible feeling of unease and dread that like connects all of them in this, uh, it's hard to explain. Once you get in there and you start experiencing it, it makes, it'll make more sense. 
but it is just it is by far one of the best things that I have read this year I'm, I'm already for my top 10 of 22 we have we are here to hurt each other by Paula Ash and we can never leave this place by Eric LaRocca and their styles are both so similar like she oh she's chasing him she's on his tail girl because she is amazing I can't I still have to read some LaRocca <gasps> I, yeah I know oh, oh, Donna. Oh my yeah, I have one of his on my shelf. I, the um, what's the one with the blue cover? Uh, things have gotten worse since that we last one. spoke. Yes, that one's great. Great book. Very polarizing. People either love it or hate it. But um, the strange things we become, which is his individual collection of short stories, just jaw dropping. Fantastic. Absolutely gorgeous. It's remarkable. It reminds me of your house is on fire and your children are all gone. If you've read that one. I have not. Which is like a German collection of short story. Oh, both amazing. But when he is, he's going to be a star. LaRocca <laughs> <laughs> is a star. He's already like climbing his way up there. Just amazing. Oh. So yeah, Paula Ash, we are here to hurt each other. Go get it, people. And Ensnared. What is the authoress's name again? Because I'm having a hard time finding it. <laughs> um, it's Sharn Clavin, but it's spelled S-I-A-N Clavin. Ah, okay. C-L-A-V-E-N or I-N? E-N. There she is. There she is. Oh, you guys, this is $0 on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're a Kindle Unlimited customer, you can just hop straight to that and pick it up today. I just added that bad boy to my digital TBR pile. You're welcome. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Donna, shall we get the charming clucky in here? For Abs- some torment and agony. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Woo-hoo! All right, lovely. We will be back in a hot sec, kiddos. Hold on. I haven't got me dog with me today. Otherwise, I'd have introduced you to Ted. Oh, <gasps> it's his a- name is Ted. His name's what kind Ted. of a dog is Ted? Oh, he's a weird yes. dog, isn't he? Dog. Yeah, he's my little sausage like- dog. Uh-huh. I you grew up them. with sausage dogs. Did you? They're little buggers. I, I was going to say, they're assholes. Oh, <laughs> they're And they're they love to dig and they love to eat each other's poop. And oh. they love to piss everywhere. They do. They yeah. do. And we had two that were constantly humping each other, even though they were fixed. This yeah. is drive us. And they always did it under the dining room table while we were trying to eat dinner. I'm coming back as a sausage dog. <laughs> An ordinary asshole, everywhere. <laughs> humpy sausage dog that eats everybody else's poop. With bad hair. That's me all yeah. over. <laughs> Why do dogs like poop so much? I mean, I just don't understand. The, well, no I, matter I what you do. Because, I think it's because Ted, as a sausage dog, wants to live up to me and leaves me little sausages all over the place. Oh, yeah, it totally like, makes sense. Yeah. It's like a little sausage. You get down in the morning. It's like, oh, there's a sausage in me slippers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> well, um, children, uh, just so you're aware, <laughs> this person right here that we've been talking about humpy dogs and dog shit <laughs> in the last three minutes, this is David McCluskey. Welcome. Oh, thank Welcome. you for having me. You for having me. I've been dead excited about this for ages and ages and ages. Oh, I'm so happy it's finally yeah. happening. I couldn't sleep last night. And oh, you got my stuck God. with me as a stand-in. I'm so and, sorry. And you know, you know, I'm not gonna say nothing, but I, I, I prefer you. You know, I already. I never said that. I'm Christina's gonna listen to this, and the first thing out of her mouth is gonna be like, "Well, fuck! Now I don't have a job anymore." (laughs) She's gonna be like that. Well, I'm giving him a bad review. (laughs) One star. One star for everything ever writing. You hack. Asshole. (laughs) He's he's just a fucking sausage dog. <laughs> yeah. I might leave my sausage in his slipper. <laughs> well, a Christina sausage. <laughs> Christina, see here, love, you are here in spirit. We are going you, uh, to celebrate. We love you, Christina. Thing. Hey, hey, while while we're in the, doing intros, tell the people a little bit about yourself. We told them a tiny bit. But give them some more info. Oh, what did you tell them? Tell me what you told well, them. Well, well, we say, told make them. Lies. We told them that you're a highly prolific author. You've been writing since about 2011, and that you um can do everything from subversive, transgressive, gross-out horror to children's books, such as A Seagull's Tale, with this which. This girl over here owes you a review on. Get that review done! Catherine Rose. Catherine. Um, I know. I should be a school teacher. Get that review done! Yeah. <laughs> Without the ruler. I was going to say, where's well, the ruler? And you're going to yeah. say nice things. <laughs> Get that review done! And then we told them about your comic book series interesting times we talked about your graphic novels and uh right before we flipped to you we were talking about your christmas carol graphic uh, okay do you have do you know anything what? else I... to add today's february 26th right and i just sold three copies of christmas carol today who <laughs> buys christmas carol in february mad <laughs> you know what those are our kind of people I took mm-hmm. full advantage of them. I told them that it's ah. so good. You could read it all year round. It is. No, it no, is. No. It's actually, it's beautiful. It's, it's different. Beautiful. It's, it's fantastic. Different. Well, I mean, a Christmas Carol has been done so many times. If you're going to revisit it again, you got to do it different. Yeah. You got to do it in rhyme. The only versions of Christmas Carol that matter to me are yours oh, and the that. Muppets. Oh, the Muppets, no, but in, do you know what the the, the um, Alistair Sim one from nineteen forty six? Oh, I mean, okay, yeah, you want to make me look bad by not like being like, ooh, the classics. No, but yeah, no. Not, you, everybody you, always says you, the original, but that's not the original. Brewster. Do you know what Scrooge. one's my favorite? Scrooge is, is boss, but you know what one's my favorite is the Disney one with Mickey Mouse. 
Oh. It's only on for like 25 minutes and you think, make it longer. <laughs> Just watch it in slow-mo. Right? And they're all like, Thank God bless us, everyone. This is honestly the best episode we've done so far. We're only like 25 minutes into it. How long have we got? I can do this all day. Oh, yeah, so can we. That's the problem. (laughs) Well, let's really kick it off. Something about me that you said that you wanted. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Tell us yeah. something. Tell us this. I can write I can write all these books that you're saying, but can I put a shelf up? No. <laughs> I can't put a shelf up. I can't put furniture together. Um, I'm terrible at painting and decorating. And uh, give me a hammer. And I have got, a, apart from burying it in someone's head, I can't do anything else with it. Damn it, Clucky, you just made me spit juice. Have I made you wet? (laughs) (laughs) I made you wet online. (laughs) Well, so now you're writing those kind of books now? For anybody who's who's not watching this on YouTube, I am sorry about your life right now because you're fucking missing out. I'm worried about your kids. The little girl left, and now it's just a cat sitting like a human person. <laughs> what is happening here? The little girl's like, I am <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I'm not doing a review. I am going. She's like, yeah. no, this is too much today. Y'all are, y'all are nerds. <laughs> That's okay. We're nerds. The nine-year-old Wait, thinks I, we're. I have made a living out of being a nerd. <laughs> Well, David, Donna and I are now going to take turns tormenting you with the most horrific and embarrassing questions that we were capable of coming up with. Are you ready? I am ready. Yeah. See, originally, I've just got to say this, but originally, I, you know, you can see me from the top up, from the bottom down. All I've got is my boxer shorts on because I thought it was OnlyFans, but don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> We can edit that bit out, can't we? Oh, I could. No. No. I I will not. (laughs) That's my running. That's my. Yeah, I tell everybody that, you know, I can take care of it in post, but I won't. I'm actually kind of I'm actually kind of disappointed, David, that you're not wearing that spiffy suit that I see you posting on Facebook all the time. I think you're oh, at a wedding no. or something. Yes, oh, the I mean, navy that... blue suit with the beautiful floral yes. tie. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that doesn't fit me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because of lockdown. <laughs> I was gonna say, okay, we're, yeah, that we're makes for sense. Better days. No, I, I have got I still do that. I still have got that suit. Yeah, well, it's just that. Yeah, I, I had to once. I had to undo the unside bits there, so we can, so we can, I can burst out of it these days. I mean, we'll wait while you change. Yeah, we'll be here. <laughs> All yeah. I have to do is pause the recording. Really, well, the, not the trousers. Hard. The trousers are Velcro, you know, so they just rip off like that. Sweet. Wait till you see what. Wait till you see what Kevin Sweeney wore for his interview. You're gonna be embarrassed. Well, I saw the. I saw. Um, <laughs> What was the the guy's the, the, oh, the Ash. 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 Yeah, Ash. 
And I thought I was going to I was going to wear a mask. I just thought no, because me ears stick out far too much anyway. Oh, so you're be like that's McCluskey with his ears. <laughs> you should have just found a way to like accentuate them. Made like giant cardboard ears and put them on a headband. <laughs> Next I time. <laughs> I could have been of like Prince Charles and then the Eagles. <laughs> <would've just been, laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Oh, you're definitely coming back for another one. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> you know, I think you guys need to have like the um, David and Ash and you need to get Maddie Bob on here <gasps> and Nat just so we can I, listen to these beautiful accents. My God. I think, it'd, I think it'd be boss as well because you've got like loads of people coming at you in different angles. Yes. Yeah. Well, she just basically film. just rest, rest, like you just rattled off like a quarter of the people we have on our list for season two. So <laughs> this, this, we're purposefully doing... only targeting people with really nice accents because it's selfish for our own purposes. Oh, well, now you got to get it. Everybody in England, they still have a pool accent. <laughs> <They're all> like... <laughs> When, when we talk, we it's like a load of spit coming. I talk like a total hip because I came from the Mason Dixon line area of central Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I've got that like little southern twang where people are like, I don't know quite where you're from, but I don't think it's from up north. <laughs> Even though it is. No matter where you are from in America, it sounds boss and it sounds romantic, right? Because, like, if you're from the Mason-Dixon line and you're from Tulsa and stuff, and there are all these boss names of songs, right? I come from a place called Bootle. <laughs> oh, well. Imagine getting that into a song, Bootle. Gesundheit. Yeah. It's not even, <laughs> exactly. It's not even like Boot Hill. Boot Hill sounds like, oh, you know, you know, Bootle. 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 I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Brutal. Bootle. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I was born in a town called Shemokin. Shemokin. Now, like, that could you be know how Shemokin. many joke Jim Carrey jokes I've heard through my entire life because of the mask? And we're like, Shemokin. Yeah. And I'm no, just like, that, you are not funny. <laughs> that, that could be. That could be the horriblest place in the world. I mean, I've never, I don't know, but it could be the other, but it sounds boss. It kind of, Shemokin. it kind of is. Becoming yeah. like one of the most horrible cool. <laughs> but oh well, it does sound boss. It sounds boss. Yeah. <laughs> well, Donna, 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 do you want to hit David with a question? You can go ahead and hit him with the first one. Oh, I would love to. So, e- David, ease, ease me in, Donna. Okay. Um, what's your favorite flower? No. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite flower? <laughs> so my first question to you is which book was the most fun for you to write um was it butterflies was it um your children's books was it zola or cravings or 12 okay. butterflies right butterflies for anyone who hasn't read butterflies i i completely cross genre and it's a it's a romantic drama with like some sort of like a, a extended sex scenes in, which I wasn't 100% comfortable writing. Exactly. So <laughs> the reason why I wasn't comfortable writing the sex scenes is because when you're writing a sex scene and at, when, at the end of it, when you stand up to have a stretch, I took the table with me. 
<laughs> so it was like it's quite embarrassing. Um, but my favourite book that I wrote was Time Ripper. Um, Time Ripper is a science fiction thriller, um, time travel, and the reason why it was the most it was the it was the, the the most enjoyable to write is because I went I live in Liverpool and went down to London, which is about two hundred and fifty mile away, and we did. The, time, the, the Jack the Ripper tours because it's, it's the, the book's based around Jack the Ripper so we did all the tours I must have done them about 15 times so Lauren who's my other half my better half some people might say I was like come on let's see the Jack the Ripper tour and she was like again <laughs> I, I know oh, the fucking it. Jack the Ripper tour and so it got to the point it got to the point where the fella who was giving a Jack the Ripper tour looked at me and went oh for fuck's sake why don't you just do this tour <laughs> He's like, don't ask me questions. Like, how tall was Jack the Ripper? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> how tall <laughs> was Jack the Ripper? Five foot seven. Really? I oh. made that up. <laughs> I believe it. For me now, that is the absolute truth. Jack That's the Ripper cool, was 100% five foot seven inches. So I believed That's it for like two seconds, but then I'm like, how do they know? Because he how do they know? But that was because called- David knows. That was called a McCluskeyism. So I'm a <laughs> I have this ability with the my family and the people I know to to tell them facts that I've just completely made up, and actually get them to think that it's real. So I told I told one of my mates um, that Jeep, the another the the, the the car mate, I told him that it was it, it was an anagram for just enough essential parts. I said that was because during the war they made them because they had like few little like they only had like few little bits here and there, and he was like, "All oh, right," he said, "I understand where they're coming from with that." So, flash forward years later, my mate is working for Jeep, <laughs> <laughs> and he's at a party. He's at a party with the HR director of the whole of the UK and Ireland. And- <laughs> <laughs> and like he's just like talking and he goes oh yeah he said I'm the, he said I know what cheap stands for and the fellow's going oh you do he's American but he's the head of, and he's like you do and he's like yeah just enough he said you totally cost that man his job the fella just went, <laughs> no and then <laughs> he was like that's a fucking McCluskeyism, isn't it? <laughs> so, children, what we've learned from this is never believe anything David McCluskey says. No. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You got a pink lizard. He's a liar and a con man. It's yeah. an axolotl. Yeah. He'll it's an axolotl, you. not a it lizard. Is, it is. It's an axolotl. It's a one. They're actually an amphibian. Oh, right, the little cute. Little, little, little yes, cute. my daughter loves them. So we have lots. That's going to be our greeting now. I <laughs> 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 was a, a really good impression because I am actually the same color as that. So it's like. <laughs> okay, for my 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 podcast listening people, like I really don't want to like discourage you from listening on your podcast. Uh, streaming platforms, but really, if you're not watching this one on YouTube, you are seriously <laughs> missing out this week. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, this is turning into a very visual episode. <laughs> well, coming I'm not, off I can't of- go any further than that. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm going to kind of bounce off of where Donna took this okay. from her first question. Like yeah. your range as an author is pretty astounding to me. Like not only do you write some of the best gross out horror that I have read. <laughs> Cravings was the first book of yours I ever read. Yeah. And after that, I was kind of hooked. But you also write like sci-fi, psychological thrillers, uh, the comics, the graphic novels. You do like mid-range romantic fiction and just the loveliest children's books. Is there a particular genre that you really enjoy writing the most? And what do you think it is about that that really sets that fire in your heart? Okay, I absolutely love writing mainstream horror. <clears throat> it's just, it's, it's my favourite genre and it always has been. Ever since I read the first James Herbert book, which was The Fog that I, that I ever read, I just fell in love with proper, like mainstream horror, just like, just like spooky, spooky horror that's like, you know, that puts a chill up you. Uh-huh. Don't want to sleep with the lights off. That, that type of horror, that's my favorite 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 genre now in order in order to do that you've it, it's got to be a novel it's got to be a full-length novel it's got to be like seventy-five thousand words minimum that's what i would normally say so they become a difficult read donna's flashing i said pussy <laughs> again <laughs> Uh, there is help a cat. Myself. There is another cat on the screen. That's why we are Put now all cat away, woman. Pussy! 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 <laughs> what is wrong with you people? I can't be hearing sex language. Donna, you love, made the choice to come here. Pussy. This is your own damn fault. <laughs> <laughs> you invited me. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, so it's main, mainstream horror, 100%, 100% of the way. I love being scared. I mean, I love being grossed out. Don't get me wrong. I love being grossed out. And I love a good thriller where, you know, your, your, your heart's pacing when you're reading it. It's like, boom, 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 boom. but I love to be scared the most. And, and it's weird as well because until I was about 12, I had to sleep with the lights on. I was a proper scared little kid. Me and too. Me, oh, yeah. Me mom, me I mum and dad. Of everything. Absolutely everything. And I'll tell you why in a second. But my mum and dad used to be used to be pissed at me because I'd be like fourteen and I'd be knocking on the door at like four o'clock in the morning, and go, "Mom, I want to tell you the joke." <laughs> She's like, bird." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm so scared of everything, or I was so scared of everything, is because I've got two older sisters. Now they we lived in a three bedroom house, so they I had the middle room, which was like a small box room, and they had the room and they shared the room between them. And what they used to do is they bought me a load of stickers of the Muppets and they glue in the dark, right? Oh. This is like back, this is back in the day. So I'm, I'm amazed that I'm actually still alive. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we were probably like, <laughs> um, so I had Zoot. I had a big, big picture of Zoot that glue in the dark. And I was scared. Through the day, I loved it. For the nighttime, scared shitless. <laughs> and my two sisters used to talk through the door and they'd be like, and I was like, whoa, whoa, I thought it was fucking Zoot. So this is, this is Tinkerbell. Have you been a good boy? And I'm like, yeah, I've been a good boy. I've been a good boy. Leave me alone. This is when I was fucking 14. 
no wonder my fucking head's a. Every day, I'm gonna get through the most. Like I had my own Muppets that I was afraid of. Particularly, I think the one everybody was afraid of, fucking Uncle Deadly. <laughs> Uncle Deadly was terrifying. Yeah. But what I'm loving about this the most is that of all the Muppets that scared you, it was Zoot. <laughs> <laughs> the saxophone player. The most chilled out Muppet that ever was. <laughs> I'm a little. I was I fucking glue in the dark and his eyes glue and his big purple nose glue and all, <gasps> all around him glue. And I was like, Oh, now why are they doing this to me? Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Go. This. <laughs> so, okay. So, if it's mainstream horror that you like to oh, write right. yeah. and now I and now, like I, I'm just making this question up right now cuz now I'm just curious. What's your favorite mainstream horror book that you've ever read? That will be Either The Rats by James Herbert or Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. <gasps> so you like like animal horror. It just it just so happens that they're the two that have got animals in there. I mean, I'm not necessarily, you know, as long as that there's only a fucking sausage dog that scares me these days. <laughs> um, as it should. <laughs> Well, I gotta tell you, if you want to be afraid of a sausage dog, you need to read Fur by Matthew Cash because it has a werewolf sausage dog in it. Yes. I had no idea that the werewolf in that was a dachshund. Yeah. Oh my god. One of them. Oh my god, I'm so on that. I'm on that. I've got to get that then. Oh my god, David. I can imagine it. David, tell me when you're going to read it. We'll buddy read it together and we can message back and forth about the werewolf. Jackson. Where the the where sausage? Yes, the where sausage. sausage. <laughs> I might have to send a copy to my. I mother. can just imagine its little legs like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, brilliant. Oh my god! Now I can't wait. Yeah. I've got. To, I'm working on. I'm working on a, a, a comic at the moment, um, which was. It's it's the guy who the guy who owns it the guy who, who wrote it it was big in the ninth in the late eighties early nineties and it actually it it actually got a, a bit of a following and it went, and he took it over to America and it, it started to pick up in America but it he he got he got knocked back a, f- a few times by Disney and by Warner Brothers and stuff like that but he's trying to revive revise it now it's called the Wear Bears and. It got so big that they actually had plush toys made and stuff like that. So basically, these are teddy bears that, when the full moon hits them, they turn into werewolf teddy bears. Oh. Um, so, so we're, revi- we're revising it now. So it's a guy called George Nicholas, and we're actually working on it now and and, and hopefully going to get it out by Halloween. That's exciting. So, I need yeah. that. I need that in my life. I need an actual stuffed animal. Like I need the stuffed animal. So y'all better yeah. make this good so that the merchandising can be. Yeah, big. Google it. Google the wear bears. W e r e bears. Wear bears. Um, yeah, wear bears. And it was big. It was huge. It was on the verge. It got so big that it only got knocked off. That that he it was in the running with one of the studios 
And they either took the werebears or they took the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they took the turtles and the, and the kind of werebears. And then he sort of let it go then because he thought, oh, Nakadin, I can't be bothered doing it. And he's all been knocked back. But that was how close it was. Holy shit. Yeah. So we're revising it. We're rebringing it back out again. We're rebooting it. Oh my God. I hope that yeah. flies for you guys. Cause I that's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> quite excited about it, but we're bringing it out in rhyme in the first instance. And then we're going to bring out a novel. And then there's, there's already the comics from the 19, uh, early nineties, late eighties. So we're going to be bringing out all them as well. So hopefully it should be like, uh, we could, we can do something with it, you know? Oh, I hope so. Cause that sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds right up my kid's alley. Oh so I might, I, might, I might see if you can put a dash on one in it just for the... Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Little, little pause. Yeah. God, they're assholes. They are. Yes. <laughs> Donna. Yeah, we named, him, we named would... him Ted after me dad. He was an asshole with That's... little legs. Please tell me that he did not eat poop. No, but he used to shit in me, uh, in me, in me slippers. Pause <laughs> <laughs> <Oz> recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Donna, Donna, please ask another question. <laughs> I'm not ready to unpack that kind of trauma yet today. <laughs> So kind of speaking along along the lines of trauma. So I know I believe you have a daughter. <laughs> oh, yes, that's correct. Just one child, just one daughter or I've got I've got one one biological daughter and I've got a stepdaughter. Okay, so you have yeah. two daughters. All right. Two daughters, yeah. So my question is, would you ever want them to read Zola and cravings or would you be like they would disown me as their father <laughs> if they ever read that well <laughs> and i'm assuming obviously if they're of age like i don't know how old they are right, um, one, are your girls teenagers or one's one's 21 the stepdaughter's 21 uh 20 actually her birthday is on the same day as mine oh no no she's stolen me birthday <laughs> The 14th of July was my fucking day. Oh, and then come along and go, oh, look, I'm 20. I'm 21 this year. I'm like, I'm 49. It's my fucking, I've been looking to forward for 49 for years. Oh my gosh, you're older than me. Finally, somebody is older than me. <laughs> well, I will never forget your birthday because my husband's birthday is July 13th. Day before? There yes! you go. We're all old. Well, actually, I'll forget it's your birthday, but I'll totally remember it. it's your oldest daughter's yeah. birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll remember it's your birthday. Hey, baby. Is my birthday. Up. <laughs> oh. Yes, I would let them read it. How Not old is the this... youngest one again? She's 14. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I so... don't know if, I don't know. So I censorship, I'm not into censorship. If you want to read it, listen, some of the shit I was reading when I was 14, I when, I start, when I stopped being scared of the dark, obviously. <laughs> um, when Zoot was no longer an idiot. When Zoot was no longer your sleep paralysis demon. Is that what I peeled Zoot off the cupboard. And it just, it just left, it left like a ghostly Zoot. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I have to keep 
keep covering my microphone so I don't cause like distortions. Oh my god. Um no, so well, yeah. I mean, if they want if they want if they wanted to meet them, then they could, right? But um Lauren, who's me, who's who's my partner, she's to me, Mrs. She is my final proofreader for my books, but she said no. <laughs> I'm not them too. No chance whatsoever. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I can't blame her for avoiding Zola a little bit because that is legit the most disgusting book I have ever read. <laughs> when I reviewed it, I remember saying, like, this is the first time I've had to close a book, set it aside, and then I legit like laugh cried for yeah. about 20 minutes. And you know, even with like Sean Hawker and Simon McCarty just putting out munging. The whole concept of that is just horrific and horrifying and absolutely disgusting. I still will place Zola above it. I will 100% 100 rank Zola (laughs) above it. I don't know if anything will ever dethrone it from that spot because like, oh my God. So in regards to Zola, my question Mm -hmm. is... David, where did it come from what the fuck <laughs> what the WTF? what yeah. the fuck david well zola zola came from an idea that i had ages and ages and ages ago where it was going to be based on a fat lonely kid whose mum dies just before christmas and all they've got in to eat before she dies is cheese so he eats and eats and eats the cheese and he starts to turn into cheese so he starts to eat himself. And that, okay. and that yeah. so so the, the ending of the story was gonna be him ripping out the last piece and just putting it in his mouth. And because it was the last piece that you that was making him live, he died. So he just died as a mold, a big moldy load of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and so for it for somehow it evolved into this kind of like revenge story and then evolved is putting it mildly or devolved yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is much broader than that now yeah well i wanted to do it i wanted to do it where it was it was gross and it was splatterpunk and it was like everything that was vile but i wanted it to be a real story that went through it you know what i mean i didn't I didn't just because like the, the cheese one was just gonna be just just vileness. It was just gonna be gore, which is which is boss, don't get me wrong, it's just gonna be funny. But then when I started writing it, I thought, oh, this needs a little more of a story to go through it. So that's where that's where the dad start of it evolved in from, and then and then the mum story evolved as well. So it was like uh, just fucked up. <laughs> well, at the same time, it's it's brilliant <laughs> because you have this soft spot in your heart for this character because you know this poor kid he was he's was brutally traumatized very early on and then he's been isolated from the world his entire life and doc it like basically indoctrinated into this way of living that nobody else on the planet is part of and he has no idea how to survive he has no idea how to live and he just does his own thing unfortunately like his own thing just happens to be like the <laughs> most disgusting 
thing I have ever Gordon? read in my life. <laughs> he just likes Gordon cakes. He doesn't. You know, I mean, we've all done it. I, I already mentioned this, but <laughs> as a registered nurse, like we all identify that we have like this one particular part of human functioning that we can't handle. <laughs> and I thought I was actually even healed and could handle most. You, you, you found it. <laughs> And just to repeat it, it is apparently anything that can get all caked up and collected and then dislodged from the crotchal region, <laughs> especially if it goes into somebody's mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. glorious. She's. <laughs> I always think, I always maybe think of the mighty Boosh, Rich Vulture. Cheese is a type of meat, a tasty processed cheat. I, I don't, built I don't it know. from my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I I vision the um uh I don't know David you probably haven't seen this but Marion you probably have back in the day that cheese commercial a hanker for a good a hanker for a hunk <laughs> we used to have we used to have some cheese in the in England called um, Dairy Lee and it came in little triangles. And there's like a load of kids singing, we love our Jesus triangles. And, and that's where I got it from. That's where I got he's like, Oh, he's my like God. Scratching. And there's his cheese. And I was I was going to make him do it into a little triangle. But I thought the American audience probably won't get that. <laughs> but there you go. We have little cheese triangles, but they're called laughing cow. Laughing oh, cow. Oh, yeah. Well, we've started getting them over here now as well. But it started off with a uh, dairy leak. We are the kids who love our cheese. And we are the cheese. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just gonna say nothing will ever make me not like cheese. So I that love cheese. That must say something bad about me. Like yeah. that I could read Zola and still <laughs> want cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Donna and I love cheese so much that before we brought you in here, we legit were talking about eating uh chunks of dead bodies with cheese on them. We were like fondue. Yeah. Fondue. Yeah, that's it. That's it. right? It's like there's yeah. cheese involved, we're in. So along the same lines of, you know, not wanting to traumatize your children with letting right. them read um, uh, Zola and Cravings, do you think that, um, because I know Butterflies is out under D.E. McCluskey, yeah. um, and I know that your children's book is under David McCluskey, right? Dave, yeah, Dave. Dave McCluskey. Yeah. So do you think there will ever be any, like, negative impact on butterflies being under D.E. McCluskey and then someone who reads butterflies for their first um, you know introduction to your writing and then all of a sudden they're like oh that was really great I'm going to go and get this oh I like cheese uh, <laughs> so let me get this book called Zola Zola that's a pretty right. lady's name let me yeah. read that book <laughs> it must be about Zola the cheese seller at the cheese market lady. the cheese lady what I, what I say to that is you're big enough and ugly enough to look after yourself. If you want to <laughs> go, uh, you go read Zola. <laughs> I, it does, I was it is a, pretty clear after the first chapter what you've gotten yourself into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was at a, I was selling books today, actually. And um, I was in like, uh, in, in Liverpool, there's like uh, a big massive central library and it's a big gorgeous building. It's on Batman and everything. They know the new Batman film is coming out. They filmed a lot of it around that way. Um, and we were selling books. And like I had all the people who were coming up and going, ooh, they were looking at Cravens and they were going, ooh, look at that. It's a nice chocolate pastry. And I was going, I see that, Donna. 
down, put that one down. And they were like, what is cheese? And I was like, put that one down. <laughs> <laughs> I never and should have brought woman, these here. <laughs> there was a woman and she, she bought a copy of the Grinkelnunk. She looked at the Grinkelnunk and she read the back of the Grinkelnunk. And a little daughter was with her and a daughter was seven. She went, oh, I'll buy this. And I was like, no, don't <laughs> no, no, no. Please don't. It's all right up to the second to last page, and then now the kids aren't going to like that one. Yeah. Oh my god, that one I legit have loaded in my Kindle right now, and I can't wait to get to it. So I should yeah. not involve my children in this one. No. <laughs> the Grinkle Nunk's different. The Grinkle Nunk's not extreme or nothing like that, but it's a it's a horror novel. Ha- disguising itself as a children's book. My favorite. So it's like you're thinking, you're reading it going, that's a nice little story, this. And it's like, fuck it out. Oh my God, I can't wait. There you go. Yeah. Hey. Okay, so I'm going to be a total buzzkill. Oh. <laughs> as usual. <laughs> you got me. Got me. I want to talk about crack. Okay. <laughs> Once so, you've had McCluskey's crack, there's no going there's back. No going back. <laughs> there's no going back. This book, <clears throat> I'm sorry I haven't had a chance to do a TikTok review on it. I read so much and there's a lot that I just don't ever get around to actually doing videos for. But this book, it is called Crack, my friends. It is in- an in- incredibly powerful look at the horrific impact that the disease of addiction has on the person who struggles with that substance abuse and the other people in that person's life. And it really does truly feel like a lived experience, even though you take it and you put it in that, that horror universe, that world. Yeah. That horrible, horrible world that we all know horror really exists in. So because it feels it feels like it comes from a place of knowledge. What what was the what was the impetus for you writing this book? Like, where did this come from? What was the inspiration? Like, do you, do you have someone in your life that you watched go through this, or like, no. were you addicted to crack? I'm sorry, just to put it out there like that. Like, yeah, no, the, the crack. Did I was you addicted do the meth? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's certain websites that you can go on to no anyway that, that's because that's as somebody that's who did way too many drugs i'm like wow this guy knows shit no, no <laughs> you know what you know, the, the story of crack like is it i mean it's a it's a i think it's ninety thousand word novel i'm driving home from work right i was i was working away um where i was working was about about a, about a four hour drive away from home so i was driving home and I was driving in the middle lane of the three-way, you guys call it a highway, it's a motorway over here. So I'm driving in the three-way, in the, in the middle lane, and I'm, I, I'm just about to overtake a lorry, right, a truck that's in the middle lane. I was just about to pull out. From absolutely out of nowhere came this motorbike, right, and it undertook me, and it cut right in front of me. So, and as it did that, I had to slam on. And as he went in front of me, his, his bike fishtailed and his back wheel went, his back wheel went like that. So I'm just driving. Everything went into slow motion. And I just thought, this guy's dead. I've killed this fella because his motorbike's going to go over and I'm going to go over and I'm going to kill him. But anyway, 
he fixed it, he fixed it, and then he went and zoomed off. How was that again? He just he zoomed off. He just he just put onto another gear and zoomed off. So I was left in the outside. <laughs> that was him zooming off. Um, so I was left. My hands are sweating on the on the steering wheel, and I'm like shaking like a shitting dog. I'm like, oh, yeah. so I put so I pulled. It took me about 10 minutes to get to the service station so I could pull over and sort of get my nerves back. In the 10 minutes that it took me from that happening to get to the service station, the whole idea for the book just went... So essentially, it came as a trauma response. (laughs) Yeah. The start, the middle, and the end of the book just just went... and 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 went into place. That is the God's honest truth. So I've I've never experienced anybody with like uh, a drug addiction or I mean I've I've known people who've had it who've had who, who've ultimately died of it in the end, but I've never had a personal I've never been there with someone who's ever had that experience. But I did a lot of research on PTSD and drug addiction, and so I just brought that into that book. But it's a it's it's a very marmite book. It gets. It gets either fabulous reviews or people hate it. It doesn't tend to get like, oh, this book was all right. It either goes, wow, wow, loved it, or fucking hell, Dave, <laughs> what the fuck? what's going on in your head? So, yeah, Do you need it. to see a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorites. Quite honestly, yeah. those are my favorite kind of books. I can think of quite a few already where people either loved them or hated them. I'm almost always on the love side. Yeah, and I think you just you just need a certain personality type, or your brain needs to like be wired a certain way to really, really enjoy those things that are a little like, bit yeah. more confrontational. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, also yeah. that level of surrealism to it. Like my brain's very open to all of that. I'm like, yeah, the wilder, the weirder, the more just absolutely mind bending, the better. Give it to me, I'll take it. I'm, I'm just especially getting, if it uh, allows you to like get into those really hard places because there's a lot of like allegory in there you know yeah, like yeah. the horror really mm-hmm. speaks to like it's not an easy thing to live through for either the person going through it or the people who love them so the horror just adds to that it's a fantastic book so if any of you who are listening have not read this book it is just straight up called crack crack and yeah. it's available crack. on Amazon, and I think it's on Godless too, right? Uh, crack. No, no, cracks not no, on. No, that one's not on there. But it, I know no, it's that, on Amazon. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. But I get quite a lot of Kindle limited reads, so I can't put it onto uh, onto Godless as such. But it's it's kind of the way where crack come from was I, I, I love I love a story of a of a normal everyday Joe's. Descent into madness and uh, and like the audibleness. So it was like an extension of the graphic novel Doppelganger, which Doppelganger was the very very first full length story I ever wrote, and made it into a graphic novel, hundred odd pages. It cost me a fortune. It cost me a couple of mortgage payments and a marriage. So it was you know, but but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but it. Wow. Oh, I had no idea it could be oh, that yeah. costly. Oh yeah, but you know what? Oh, she's, I know she'll never watch this. So fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 
So, uh, um, so, I, so, doppelganger is about a normal fella who who he buys a mirror and he hangs the mirror in, in his in his study, his home study, and then his life starts to spiral out of control. But he doesn't know whether it's it's him doing all these atrocities that are happening or whether something else is doing the atrocities that are happening. Um, and I loved that idea. So because it was my very first, it was a graphic novel, I thought, I'm going to take this to a different level. And that's where Crack came in. Dude, I'm only pulling out my phone because now I have to add another goddamn book to my goddamn <laughs> Right? That's what I'm doing. Doppelganger's on Godless. That, that's, that's on Godless. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just another book I have to put in my fucking left. Fucking. <laughs> fucking books. God damn it. <laughs> Only people that stop fucking writing them. Okay, here's a good question. Here's okay. a great question that I just God. thought of. Okay, so you are in the comic book and the graphic novel business. Any chance you might ever get graphics for Cravings and Zola? <laughs> Hey, that's not a bad idea. Hey, actually. you know, like yeah. Matt, Matt Shaw did it with what sick bastards. Yeah, a couple and you know, of people wrote, have done it. Well, do you know who wrote that for them for sick bastards? The comic book version. You did, didn't me, you? Uh, me. Yeah. I, I wrote the have no one. idea until somebody else told me. But why are we not getting gra- like Number- you could do a double whammy? Zola's the primary story, and then you get a little mini one in the back. Well, sick, we haven't finished Sick Bastards because the, the guy we had doing the artwork is from the Philippines. Um, Dominic Racho, his name is, and his son's name is Helmet. <laughs> in, in England, that's a fucking funny name, but there you go. Oh, that's a <laughs> and I, don't, I just hope he's not listening. Yes. Hel- Helmet, Helmet, Helmet. But the sad thing about it is, is that he lost his house in the hurricane. So he was like seven eighths of the way through Sick Bastards Part Two. Um, so we're nearly there. We just haven't got it finished. But, oh, you'll get there. Yeah. But in the meantime, in the meantime, Marion. Uh, even if it's only for Marion, Marion would appreciate a graphic novel of both Cravings and Zola. Do this for your little chicken, Clucky. Me chicken. Me chicken. <laughs> chicken. Chicken. I was going to say something else, too, and now I forgot it. Donna, I'm gonna have to, you're going to have to take this until I remember. I have something else in my brain. I can't remember. What it you have something else in your brain? How can you I have do. something else in your brain? I know. <laughs> I just know. falls out my it's brain. So easily lost. So easily lost. Okay, well, let my brain think. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to the ad zone, bitches. Okay. And hopefully when we get back, I can actually think like a... I mean... Sponsored by I, beer. But yeah, this whole episode. Oh my god, this is the best. <laughs> hey kids, looking for a way to affordably access the best and wildest independent extreme horror currently in existence? Godless Horrors is the place to be. 
go to www.godless.com to gain access to thousands of extreme horror and splatterpunk books from the genre's best and brightest independent authors. Godless Horrors offers every title in their catalog in a variety of formats to ensure compatibility with your favorite digital reading device. Strapped for cash? No worries. Godless has a fantastic collection of free titles ready for instant download, with other titles in their collection rarely exceeding $3 to $4. Again, go to www.godless.com or download the app and tell them what the fuck you're looking for. Come join the Godless tribe today. Forever delightfully deviant. Forever Godless. Oh, keep going. <laughs> there's, gonna, there's gonna be one scene in this in this the, the, the special stuff that I haven't wrote into the book yet, but it's playing around in my head and it's knocking me ill. It's knocking me. I mean, even though I wrote Zola and stuff like that, this this scene is just like <gasps> the worst. I absolutely cannot wait. While all y'all were on ad break, we just kept talking and Clunky was telling about all the cool stuff that is coming in the remainder of the year, which I'm going to let you talk more about it here towards the end of the show. And then you were talking about another comic book that you're working <clears throat> on with somebody else as a collaboration. And then that, that made me think back to the comic book you were talking about before the break. And you talked about how the artist for that one was in the Philippines. And then that made me remember that I was going to tell you guys about a cult. <laughs> <laughs> there is a cult. And it, there's a, a, a sect of this cult that lives like five miles from where I live. Oh, and this cult is called the Evangelical End Time Machine. I am not shitting your dick. Wow. The Evangelical End Time Machine. They have a website. You need to look them up. But they have a huge following in the Philippines. Mm. I, do, I don't know why I felt it was very necessary to tell you about this, other than the fact that the artist that you were working with lived in the Philippines. Lived in the Philippines. And my yeah. brain was like, maybe he's in the cult. He could be. And maybe his house hasn't been destroyed, but he's just been sucked into the cult. I, I think it, cult. it's the evangelical end time machines. You have to look them up. They're yeah. amazing. One I of their posts. One of their blog posts, you know how like all blogs have like tags at the bottom? One of their blog posts, the tag list, it was like, Jesus, sinners, eternal life, love of the Lord, cannibalism. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, yes, sign me up, I'm in, I'm in. Well, you know, you know what, right? I was brought up a Catholic, right, um, here in Liverpool. And then years ago, I thought about it and it's like, Cannibalism, they're like defeating you. This is the body of Christ. Do you want mm -hmm. it? Like, yeah, okay, I'll have that. And do you want some blood? Yeah, I'll have some blood too. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Catholics are cannibals. Hell yeah. My father is an Episcopal priest. And my daughter, my sister and I, I don't think we ever really questioned that stuff when we were growing hmm. up. But my children, Catherine and Clark, 
most recently just had their first communion. And when yeah. I introduced them to the concept of first communion, I explained <laughs> that they were basically going to be eating the body of Christ and drinking yeah. his blood. Catherine literally stopped and looked at me and said, what the hell, mom? <laughs> <laughs> like she, and I had to stand back and I was like, oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. that shit, isn't it? <laughs> that's a legit question. Yeah. So, so basically. Did it anyway, Jesus, like a good little Episcopalian, but. <laughs> basically, Jesus cakes, Jesus not Gordon cakes. cakes. Oh my God, stop it. Jesus crackers. We are going to hell. Jesus crackers. We are getting cut off right now. The internet is going. Eh, eh, yeah, eh, yeah. God eh. is like, yup, bars well, said. All out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> We're all going to hell, and David's going to end up in hell with Zoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh, hail me. Yeah. That will be your hell. Little did you know, but the devil actually looks like Zoot from the Muppet Show. <laughs> he, was, he was too laid back. He had he had something else going on. He was on crack. Yeah, believe me. More heroin. What are the other? Yeah, with the yeah. guy with the guy with the golden Some kind tooth. Of barb. Doc. 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 All right. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It is time for the rapid fire four. Okay. Tell him, Donna. It's four questions, four answers, zero time to think ahead. You need to answer immediately. And And if if you you give the wrong answer, humanity ends. And it's all your fault. So. Okay. I'm good, I'm that. good with that. I'm, I'm still looking wrong answers already. Yeah. It's true. Poo and slippers. It's true. Yeah. So let's do the damn thing. Donna, hit him. Yep, All right. Here we go. Which of your characters do you identify with most and why? Joe O'Hara, crack, because he's a knobhead. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was not expecting that quick of an answer. Your <laughs> <laughs> mother just said she agrees. <laughs> I love that your answer immediately was like, I totally identify with this guy because he's yeah. a total fuckface. Total knobhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. Well, I don't know. You don't really know me. Wait until I start drinking more. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. This is me second and Lauren's already thinking of cutting me off. <laughs> I think that might partly be our influence too. We have a tendency to like make people mildly hypomanic. So once we get out of the picture, you'll probably be fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I don't need the extra influence. I've just, I've just been out of, got I, this, ladies. I've been at a book sale all day today and a girl who was next to me, I was we just chatting all day and she just went, I have never known anyone to talk as much as you. <laughs> I personally we have very similar vibes. I think we could be best friends forever. Okay, <laughs> I really do. So question number two. <laughs> 
you do have like a remarkable genre range already, but is there a genre that you have not tried that you would like to write? Uh, well, my next one is, my next book is um, fantasy. I've never done fantasy before. So I Ooh. thought I'd give fantasy a go and I've just done a three-part saga, which is all going to be released this year. So, and that's all fantasy? That's all fantasy. Okay, yeah. so what kind of fantasy? Young adult fantasy. Like YA fantasy? Like, is it high yeah. fantasy? Are it's we talking like, well, like elves and different? No, like, no, you're talking. You're talking like it's. You're talking. Like it's a different. It's a different. It's got to be a different planet because it's different worlds. It's different, like sort of kingdoms. Um, but people, it's like swords and stuff like that. But it's magical orbs. But they're the only two bits of magic in that whole planet. Like a little bit like a wrinkle in time ish, like Madeline Lengel fantasy. If you think but this is game, your own thing, this is my own thing. Yeah. So think, of game of, think of Game of Thrones, right? So Game of Thrones isn't in Earth that we know it. True. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's like that. It couldn't be it. It might be it. It might be the different Earth, but it's sort of like. There's a little bit of magic in the world going on, but not a lot of people know about it and not a lot of people want to know about it. And it's just sort of like fancy, but it's not like dragons and there's not like magical creatures. Or there is a huge bird, but that's about, that's about it. But there's these, these golden orbs, or glowing orbs, one's red and one's blue. So you said so. there's three volumes to this. Yes. So it, how long is each volume? Like, about, are we talking like lots of world building here? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about 75,000 words per book. Wowie zowie! Wow, How long did this take you? Uh, well, I'm 48. I started when I was three. So, well, about 47 years. No! <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been writing this for about, for about, about eight, six to eight years. Wow. On and off. But it's, at a, it's finally at a point where I'm happy with it to bring it out this year. God, you must be so stoked. Oh, God. It's, I'm, I've just been made up that it's out there and don't have to fucking read it again. That's exciting. <laughs> He's like, I've put so much time and energy into writing these books, and I think they're amazing, but I hate them. Oh, <laughs> I never, honestly, but the 12, my very first, my debut novel, The 12, I must have read that probably around about 25 times before I was like brave enough to, to release it. And I absolutely hate it. Oh, I know it inside and out. And you're like, oh, I don't have to read it again. Do I have to read it again? Do I have to go through all these deaths again? It's like, yeah. But, uh, so I keep getting distracted because you keep saying interesting things. But like in regards to a book like <laughs> The Twelve, if it's something that you've read so many times and something that you like no longer really love and vibe with, do you ever think about pulling it and just making it unavailable? But when no, when I say I don't love it and I don't find, I mean I absolutely love The Twelve because one, okay, it's a debut novel, and two, it's my best-selling novel. Um, it, it outsells absolutely everything that I've ever that I've ever done. Um, oh wow! Absolutely and utterly, I'm so proud of it because I love it. But what does me head in about the twelve? Do you? I don't think you guys have actually read the twelve, have you? I don't. I have, have not, not had a chance yet. No. no. What does me head in about it is all the reviews that I get. Like the majority of the reviews are good reviews, and there's some really bad reviews. And them ones I love. I think they're great. I just I read them and they make me laugh. But 
what people always say, Sally here said, even though they say, even though I figured it out halfway through, I still enjoyed the book. And I think, and that makes me laugh because halfway through the book, I basically tell everybody who the killer is. <laughs> like, I couldn't make it any more fucking obvious who the killer is. But it's not who it is. It's why he's killing, he's, he, he does it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like these people who go, yeah, I, I figured it out halfway through. I'm like, good. I fucking told you. You can can string sentences together. Good, you go. Right, good, good. I'm glad you did because if you didn't, you'd be an empty-headed ninny muggins. Just if I'd have got like fucking font forty-seven words, forty-seven, put them into like the killer is. It couldn't have been any more obvious. But there you go. You know, well, I we are talked to kevin sweeney not long ago and christina had dug up that he has like tons and tons of books he started writing around the same time you did back towards 2011 he's pulled like seven books that no one will ever see again like she found one copy of one of them and i think she had to buy it on ebay that somebody had up for a few bucks and we were like will you ever put them back out now that you know you're more prolific and people are into you you have a solid fan base he was like absolutely not and i was like god damn it why would you want no give he was like i just i'm not vibing with it anymore i don't feel like it represents who i am as a writer it's not about you right that's exactly exactly. like look sweeney it's not about you it's about me I've got, I've, there's, I've got a couple of comics and that I brought out. The, the very first one, things I ever released were called Incest and Times. And they're a series of short stories, horror, written in rhyme for kids. So I brought them out. And then I brought out a, a comic called Wooden Heart. Yes. And it was the first serious, like the other ones are funny. The other ones are fun stories. This was like for adults and it was kids. And like I read it back now and I think, oh, I should have done that. And I should have done that. And I should have done that. But it's me progressing. So I like to have it there. So if anybody wants to buy it, they can go and buy it. They can go and read it. I give have it. it. I just have you it. got it. Fantastic. If you give it a shit review or give it a great review, either way, I don't, I, it doesn't bother me because that was part of my progression. That's like, that's like going from there. And then I brought out Doppelganger. And then it brought out the 12. And then it brought out blah, blah, blah. And I love short, sharp shocks. Short, sharp, sharp. Well, you I, like love, I love Creep Show and yeah. Twilight Zone and Night Get like well, basically Tales from the Crypt and Creep Show are my well, jam. And so I I've, love short sharp shocks. I have got a proper thank you for short sharp shocks because I put an I put a a, a, a post up on Facebook saying I've got this yeah. comic that nobody's ever read. And it's just it's available for like one quid or one pound ninety-nine or something like that. And then you put it up, and I got like about 15 downloads, and I got like five reviews within that same week. And I was like, yes. So I was made up. All it takes is one person, y'all. All it takes. And I loved it. Loved it. See, it was kind of a throwaway. It was kind of a throwaway for me. But there's a story in um Short Sharp Shock called Graveyard Shift. Yes, 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 yes. The first one. That's going to be a novel. <gasps> oh, I'm very excited. Yeah, so I've wrote that as a novel, um, but I've, I've expanded on it. And then I've also wrote a sequel to that novel, which is going to be called Dark Spirits. And then, so the, the, the detective in that one 
is now going to be like my supernatural detective and I'm going to bring out about four or five novels of him. I just ruined it for everyone there. So like, say like, he doesn't die in it. So there you go. So do you, do you write full time or do you have like a day job? I, I've got a day job now. Now what I did is I worked in IT for 25 years. Absolutely hated it. Loved the crack with the people in there in, who I worked with, but the job, oh my God, it was like, so uh, redundancy came along and the redundancy package was pretty fantastic. So I took the redundancy package, took last year off. Oh. And just ah. I did write full time. So I actually, I'm an early riser. So I was getting up at half five, six o'clock and I was writing all day till six, seven o'clock at night. So I've got, I reckon I've got now probably about the next four years worth of novel releases done. Oh, wow. Oh. Shit, that's impressive. And that's like bringing out two to three novels a year, hopefully. <clears throat> so I've just got to go through them and reiterate them and stuff like that. But I've done a lot of writing over the last year. So, but now that I've, I've got a full-time job and I'm yes. working from home. <laughs> now that I've got a full-time job working from home, I'm, uh, my writing's been a little bit condensed because obviously I've got to pretend I'm doing this job. <laughs> just... I'm not, if my boss is watching, I'm, I'm obviously doing the job. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally working. I'm working. I mean, I'm working I'm right working. now. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working yeah. so hard. <laughs> I'm working. Working a baby. Working a baby. <laughs> Usually but, our third question is, what was your favorite story you've written? But we already know that one because you already answered that question. For yeah, us. so why don't you tell us instead what do you have more fun doing? Your graphic novels or comics or your novels? Oh, good question. Okay, right. Not graphic novels are my first love. They always have been and they always probably will be. <clears throat> and the actual the actual physical act of drawing a script, writing a script, writing it into individual panels and then giving it to the artist and getting the artist to draw what you've wrote is fabulous and I absolutely love it. But it's expensive. Oh, fuck, it's expensive. Oh, my God, it's expensive. So writing a novel. So buy his books, people. He needs money for more graphic <laughs> novels. Please <laughs> and thank you. We would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. This is this card's gonna wear them was what we buried my dad and I had to go and get it. <laughs> Shut up! I'm so poor. <laughs> it wasn't really. I just wanted to see what he looked like. But um, it's it's the actual doing graphic novels is boss, and I absolutely love it. But the problem with graphic novels is that it is dead expensive to do, and it's also very niche. So. Mm. If the, my my allegory for people always say to me, now, why have you moved from graphic novels more to more novels? And I always say my allegory is if someone was looking for a present for their dad and they had, you said, well, you can either buy Doppelganger, which is a, a, an absolutely fantastic, dark, psychological horror, or you can buy Crack, which is a fantastic, dark, psychological horror. That's a graphic novel. That's a novel. They're always going to pick the novel. Because mm -hmm. you've got to be into the graphic yeah. novels, you've got to be into the comics if yeah. you go to buy the comic. Yeah. Now there is there's a huge market for it. It's just a little bit niche. 
And if you go on, they're all on Amazon and they're probably my least best sellers. I mean, I brought out, I brought out Death Day Presents earlier on this year. That's available on, on Godless as well. But the sales have been minimal, minimal, because people go for the novels more than you'll go for the graphic novels. Well, I think the graphic novels don't translate to digital the same way. They I agree. They I agree. Like, yeah. I think yeah. when you read comic books and graphic novels, because my husband and I have extensive collections of graphics mm. and comics and boxes and boxes. And yeah, even I, my kids love yeah. like comics and graphic novels. So, um, but when you read it on a Kindle or on your phone, there's a whole different feel to it. And I think yeah. those of us who are really into that niche, we just prefer to actually have our hands on them. Right. So yeah. and the same with the manga yeah. readers and all of that. Like we really love those physical copies. Yeah. But at the same time, I read short sharp short sharp shots through my Kindle. And I loved it. And so that was really the first time I had done a graphic novel digitally. And it really changed my perspective on that too. I was like, oh, well. And then I got Sick Bastards and read the the graphic novel of that one digitally. So, you know, it definitely opened my eyes. Graphic novel, comic book readers, like if you have not tried reading these on digital, Believe me, you can do yeah. it. It's still enjoyable. Well, but I do I, understand what your hesitation may have been going into that experience. Yeah. It is what, I did with, what I did with um, with Death Day Presents, because Death Day Presents is a 100-page graphic novel. Originally, I brought it out in four floppies, so there was four 25-page episodes. Um, but when they were all collated, it was three different, three different artists, and the artist in the middle kind of went a different way so it's difficult to sell as a full graphic novel but so the four individuals so I when I collated it as a graphic novel I made it so there was like four parts so you could still see that there was a, a, a an artist progression but what I did with with, with, with with Death Day Presence is I started messing about with the panel transitions on Amazon and oh my god I loved it because what you can do is you can actually you can even though you've got like a full page comic uh, image you can zoom in on the eyes so so you zoom in on the eyes and then the next page it zooms out onto the face and and then you can then you can zoom into the speech bubble and it's it was like it was almost I felt like I was directing a movie yeah mm-hmm. so, so you're basically animating it it's, animating it yet so so it's oh, so if you were to get it on amazon God. <laughs> yeah, so the the one on godless is just a pdf because obviously they haven't got that 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 infrastructure in place but on amazon you can get it and you you so you get like a different sort of you get my take of it like the director's cut as opposed to like the the artist's cut does that make any sense absolutely. i don't know whether that makes sense yes yeah. absolutely yeah but writing a novel, I absolutely love writing a novel because you can just get you just get lost in that in the whole world that you're creating, and it's like you know. But what I did find from an early from an early early on in my novel writing career was that, and and I, I, I talked to this about to my mates about it, and they're all like, oh, "Fuck off, Dave, you knobhead," and I'm going, "No, it happens." Is the characters take on their own personality? So sometimes the character will be doing something that you don't really want them to do. 
And you think to yourself, how am I going to get to my ending now that that character is that person? <laughs> I've lost so in, control! In, in Time Ripper, I did. In Time Ripper, I had this this uh, this this character, Aaron Kosminski, who I actually think was Jack the Ripper in, in, in real life anyway. But he started doing things, and I was thinking, don't fucking do that! Don't do that! And he, don't and do he, that! And he did them. And I was Please like, don't! I was like, yeah. Bastard, and now I've got to <laughs> out of it. But I'm sorry, I'm swearing too much. Uh, no, the fuck the you're not. Fuck you are. <laughs> Look what I got. Look what I got. Happy day. So, y'all, if you go to find Death Day Presents <clears throat> under D.E. McCluskey. D.E. McCluskey. And yeah. Death Day is all one word. All one I had word. to search around yeah. a little bit, but there it is. I grabbed yeah. me some doppelganger. Oh, oh I added that one to my TBR too. So it's, here's... Uh, now, here's did, you, did you guys, did you guys in America, uh, there was back in the late 90s or the early 90s or late 90s, there was an advert for an alcoholic drink called Schnapps. And... The advert was the Judderman. No, you guys not that, that sounds no. amazing. Okay, what you need to and do? Send you, me a YouTube link. Get onto YouTube. <laughs> ju- look the Judderman. J J U D E R M A N. The Judderman, right? And it was an advert that was that ran in England for an alcoholic drink, and it's scary as fuck. Oh my god, it stuck with me all these years. And the artwork for Doppelganger is based on that advert. So I got the artist to do the, the, the artwork kind of based on sort of like the Eastern European shadow puppety type vibes. Oh, oh my God, yes. The gentleman, the gentleman. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. Ooh, yeah. The gentleman, so the moon is fat. Yeah. Oh it's my god, super. I love it. Oh my god, yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, now I'm totally distracted. Okay, I gotta focus. <laughs> the fourth of the rapid fire four questions, which were not very rapid or fire yep. this time. This is my favorite one. If you could co-author with anyone living or dead, who would it be? James Herbert. Oh, yeah, ah. you've talked about him a lot. Oh, he's my favorite. He Why? My Because I grew up on Stephen King. Yeah, me very first, I was, even though I said I was, I was, I was scared when I was 14 instead of with the lights on, it's probably because when I was 11, I read um, uh, Skeleton Crew by Stephen King, which is a sh- series of short stories. And then I went straight on to The Stand, and The Stand just, Blew me away. It was absolutely fantastic. But what I was getting with these short stories and the stand and then it and stuff like that was this magical place called America, which I'd never I'd never been to America before. I'd never I'd only ever watched the telly, I'd watched chips and the A-team and stuff like that. But I was learning all about Maine and um, New England, and it was just all sort of like a magically type place, and they had like the snows came and it was really hot in the summer. We in England we don't get that. Between January and December, all we get is grey. So these, so all these stories were telling me that like it was like the the the, the Indian summer and, and it was all gorgeous and it was like even though it was like 
The stories were horrific. It was like a magical fairy tale for me. Then I read James <laughs> Herbert, right? And James Herbert was based in London. So a lot of his, like the, the, the Rats, the Rats trilogy is based in London. And I could relate to what he was saying because it was like inner city. And then he, I read Haunted, and that was like a little hamlet town in the middle of England. And I could relate to that because I'd been to that hamlet town. And James Herbert just fucking blew me away. Absolutely and utterly just brilliant. Just brilliant. But, but, but in the end, even as a 15, 16-year-old lad, in the James Herbert books, halfway through to be like him, to be like the, the, the heroine would be running away with the, with the hero and, you know, the ghosts would be like killed everybody and like going for them. And then there'd be a three-page sex scene and you're like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah. so, so I, was like, I, was like, I was turning over the three-page sex scene thinking to himself, I'll read that later when the lights are off. <laughs> we'll but come I, I, back I just to get, that. Yeah. But that was the thing. Yeah, I, 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 was like, I was like that. I'm reading that one, wetting the pages so I knew where they were. Um, but that just did me head in because it was like it, it brought me out of the story. So that's the only thing about the James Herbert books that I always had a little bit of, a, of an issue with. But everything else about them. What kind, what and kind second of- and all would be Richard Lehman. Oh, yeah, that's Richard a name Lehman. that pops up a lot. Oh, my I, have, I have not read either of those authors yet. I mm. haven't read any Richard Lehman, and I'm starting to feel like I'm, you know, falling there's behind a, because we do hear that name a lot. When yeah, it comes there's a book. There's a book by Richard Lehman called One Rainy Night. And it's um, what happens because it's like there's like a it rains. Here. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag spoilers. Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Go on. No, but there's, a, there's like a voodoo, a voodoo case gets put on and this black rain falls and every person who's caught in the black rain is just turned into a homicidal maniac and they've got, they've just got pure rage and they just go and kill everybody who they can see. They're just pure, pure, pure. Just, just go mad. So, is it again? Well, one rainy night. So, in the in the novel which I'm bringing out, which is a, which is a YA novel, this this glimmer, this 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 um, this fantasy one, I've stolen it. I've stolen. Don't, you don't black. tell people that. Don't tell anybody I, that. No, you didn't I've say that. You didn't hear anything. But, but. I credit him at the end, so it's all all right. So it's good. Okay. But there's a, there's, a, there's a thing in it where the black rain comes and, it, and, and, and that turns people. But that book left a, left a proper imprint on me. I read, I must have read, it must have been about 30 years ago that I read that book. And it's How could it be that funny. long ago? You're only 29. <laughs> I, was a, I was an early learner. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, you are not going to want to hear this, but it is free on KU. Oh, for God. So, yep, you're going to have to go ahead and add that one to the list. Because if I have to suffer, you have to suffer. Ha <laughs> ha. There's another one by his called The Stake. Which you, is stop. 
which is it's a vampire one. <laughs> oh, oh now see, I'm not big into vampires. No, so. Well, this this is like a this is like an alternative vampire one. It's not like your, your everyday vampire one. Jesus Christ! It's Fuck probably you. it's. I, know, well, I won't even say, but it's that, that was the first one I read. Was the steak? Ah, the steak. Did you ever see the movie Steakland? No. Oh, you should. Well, it makes me it makes me feel hungry though. Yeah, right. I'm yeah, like, it's lunchtime. Right. Right. Steakland with sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend, you have successfully survived the test of the rapid fire four. For yeah. now, this time we'll get you next time. <clears throat> so we okay. will. I'm quite, I'm quite fast on my feet. I'm faster than I look. You have proven that. <laughs> you have proven that with great excellence. Uh, we've absolutely <laughs> loved spending time with you. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, this has been amazing. Um, Is it over already? Not quite, no, but we're, we're getting quite. there. We're getting oh there. We just, um, like we just started. I know. I know. I know. Don't be sad. It's okay. But like- why don't you, I know you've touched on it a um pretty much throughout this entire episode but <laughs> if you want to just like lay out there um what you got coming up um for release like i said i know you've mentioned it um but just so people are reminded because you know we want them to buy your books so you can put out more graphic more novels okay so this this year i've got um glimmer which is the first part of the glimmer trilogy which it's going to be glimmer the city of the fireflies and the throne of glim and that's they all the first two end on uh, end on cliffhangers uh, and then it's all wrapped up in the third part so i wanted to make sure that i brought them all out in the first year so that's so they they're coming out april august and december okay so then in May or April, I can't remember which one now, I've brought out, the, I'm bringing out The Seagull Tale, which is my children's book. Um, and then towards like November, I'm going to be bringing out The Special Stuff, which is uh, going to be an extreme horror novel around based around a kebab shop. And then, and then what have I got? I've got a novel called The Boyfriend. I've got a novel called... Uh, nine months i've got a novel called graveyard shift i've got a novel called gore the witches of liverpool i've got a novel called um uh dark spirits i've got one called um wait this Still is all Girl. for 2022 no this is when i said to you before i said I, okay I, all right because i'm off. like i'm like okay okay now now we're just overachieving Right, overachiever. Damn it! Well, I wrote, but I wrote them all last year when I was off and I was doing it full time. So I've actually, I'm looking at my phone, and I'll, if I just show you, dead quick. Um, book ideas. So you, I don't know whether you can see it. So I've got all these, and they're all written. Wow! So they're all a, written. They're all written. Yeah. So there's one Ash called... Eric more, you better start pumping mm-hmm. them out even faster because this man's about to run you down. These are, <laughs> these are novels, these aren't novellas, the, the full-on novels. Because I, I struggled writing a novella. I, I started writing a short story for um Kevin Kennedy. Yeah. And um, now he brings out he brings out the like the, the anthologies at Christmas. Yes, yes. So, 
So he asked me, he said, will you do a, a short story for a Christmas anthology? So I was like, yeah, okay then. So I, I thought, I wrote this story about Father Christmas who gets attacked by a werewolf. And I thought, right, okay, this is gonna be a nice little short story. And then four months later, 75,000 words. <laughs> 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 this isn't going into some Christmas anthology. This is fucking nope. novel. So, no, Frank, yeah, you're so, just you're just a verbal processor. That's what we call it I, in the world of mental health. You're a verbal I processor. I'd say verbal diarrhea myself. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. Processor. <laughs> if people are going to purchase your books. Where do you, I know you do a lot of distribution through Amazon, but where do you prefer they buy from? What best benefits you? How do we best support you with our financial contribution? If you look on Amazon, all my books are available on Amazon. If you look on Godless, they're a lot cheaper on Godless than they are on Amazon because I want to support Godless because I think what Godless is doing for the indie writing, because I, Amazon is just, if I, if I didn't have to use Amazon, I wouldn't touch them with a barge pole. It's like Facebook. I, I absolutely, even though I'm saying this now and anybody who knows me will watch this and go, he's talking out of his ass there because he's on Facebook 24-7. But I wouldn't use Facebook if I didn't have to because it's horrible. It's a horrible platform. I was just talking about that with Brad Tierney this morning. We, I was like, we've got to find a new place for us all to hang out because Facebook yeah. just ain't it anymore. Facebook is just shit. Yeah, it's trash. But Twitter's a cesspool and and um, Instagram, I just don't know how to use. So it's uh, So it's one of them. But just so yeah, so you can get it through Godless, you can get it through Amazon. But I also sell, I also get the, the printed copies and sign and, and, and I'll distribute them anywhere in the world. So obviously the the the, the packaging since fucking Brexit, since the Bell Ends are in charge of England, I've got us into Brexit. Everything's gone dead expensive. So the packaging yeah. over to over to the America, the Americas and Australia and stuff like that has just rocketed. But I've worked it out so. For the like for the likes of Cravens and Zola and the Grinkle Monk, which are the thinner books, which are the novellas, it works out at $19. And that's that'll that'll get you the sign. Oh yeah, that's not bad. I think for a full novel, I think it works out around about $26. That's still not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That includes all the packaging, everything, and the signature and stuff like that. And you know, it's a way. So oh, that's I, would, I would love people to get in touch with me and say I want physical copies. Um, because I always have them in. And Lauren's pissed off dusting them down. <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna sell these books? And I'm like, I don't know. When am I gonna sell these books? <laughs> but yeah, it's um it's there. So I always and I, I post all the time. And uh, you know, I I sometimes think I post too much, I sometimes think that people just get like, oh, fucking hell, is McCluskey pushing his books again? <sighs> but well, you have to. I mean... You have to. You, you have to. Every day, yeah, yeah. You have to. If you're not going to self-promote, who is? Like, as much as people such as myself and Donna want to help as much as possible, we are one person, and there are literally over 100 of you that we have become friendly with. And we want to help support everybody, but that means everybody has to get a turn. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. That's the truth, yeah. There's so many of us, yeah. Yeah. What I, think, I think so, what, 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 what I love about Facebook and what I love about the little community that we've got on the, um, on the, 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 the Splatterpunk and Books of Horror and stuff like that is that people get caught up in a, in a, in a fantastic zeitgeist. Like Daniel Volpe, his books... I actually haven't read any Daniel Volpe's read yet. I've got a couple of them downloaded and ready to go. But everything he brings out just goes boom. And I absolutely love that because of the fact that he's bringing them out himself. He's self-publishing them. Yeah. You know, and, and anybody who self-publishes, I've got utter respect for him because it's so fucking hard to do. So, yeah. So I'm it. honestly shocked that Zola didn't catch that wave because when Zola came out and I read it, I was talking about it everywhere. Like I, you, I, I talked about Zola in the first episode. I yeah. put, I, every time somebody is like wanting like, like a gross, but yeah, they, yeah. Gross <laughs> up, like, you know, cause I tag you every time. I I'm tag like, you Zola, every time. Zola. Yeah. Zola, yeah. like you, you don't understand what you're missing. Like if that's what you want, this is this is it. <laughs> like, you know that's that's one of the things that I I get caught up with when I'm recommending books because somebody say, oh, what's the grossest book you've you've read? Blah blah blah. Or what's the most disturbing? And of course, there's all these books that I want to recommend, but I have to look through the comments because I like to tag the authors, and I don't want to have yeah. one author tagged like 50 times in the same freaking post. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, Zola's already been mentioned, so I'll mention these books, you know. Yeah. And, and I understand because there's 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 so many fucking good books out there. Do you know what I mean? And it's just it's there's you know there's there's the, the, the zeitgeist, the zeitgeist covers everybody, do you know what I mean? It's like we're we're all in the same boat. And just anybody who's self-publishing, I just absolutely ultimate respect for them, do you know what I mean? It's just boss. Yeah, it's, it's a boss know. little community. Let oh long God. may it long may it live. I'll yes. give it. Cheers. Yes. yes. I have nothing it? but a cat and a nine-year-old, so I can't <laughs> cheers. What time is it, David? What time are you guys? It is three twenty-five in the afternoon. And you're not drinking. <laughs> I can't do alcohol anymore. I'm lame. No. I mean, not a lot, not all the time. <laughs> I I love nothing more than to drink a bottle of red wine, right? But Lauren, she she knows when I when to tell me to stop drinking the red wine because I start talking with a South African accent. I cannot do a South African accent sober, but when I'm online, well, when I'm online, when I'm drinking the red wine, <laughs> Lauren, Lauren goes, I type with a South, South African accent. I She's totally like type with a South yeah, African accent. It's, it's time to stop that red wine. Move on to. <laughs> I think. Dory, I think we need to Dory, see the gorgeous Lauren. I was going to say, your dear Lauren, wife, like, she's, let me she's see in a, this she's in a pajamas. woman who, <laughs> who deals with you all day. He's just <laughs> hid because she's Bless in a pajamas. You. <laughs> Bless you, you poor thing. <laughs> her, mom, her mom lives in California, so and she's just been home, but she, and then she's just come back yesterday. So she's Aww. just on the on the on the the the, the, the video there. chat. Aww. Video chat. Yeah. Hey, we- Clucky, you need to send me your full bibliography. Not that I can yeah. fit all of it in the show notes, but send me the highlights of the stuff that you would like me to include in today's show notes. Um. Also, friends. <laughs> 
going back to if you want to get in touch with Clucky about getting his books or anything, we all, myself, Donna, David, we're all in Books of Horror. We're all in Splatterpunk readers. We're all in those groups. But even more important, we are all in the Mothers of Mayhem official Facebook group. Um, and that's where all the promo for this is going to start popping up. You can find links to all of our different social medias through our link trees, pinned posts on that group. Um, and as always, please send your questions, comments, insults to our email address, momextremepodcast at gmail.com. That's m.o.m dot extreme podcast at gmail.com do not forget to send dildos to christina and dm me if you need her mailing address yes david that includes you i like we already determined you're pretty clever with the shipping so shipping a dildo to alaska really wouldn't cost you probably more than double the cost of the dildo did they need to be new ones or no, used is fine. Used is fine. Yeah, okay, yeah used and it only has but, to be yeah. in acceptable condition. It's the principle well, it's, of the thing. Yeah, it's better than putting them in the damn landfill, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they do have to be at least 14 inches long. They yeah. do. They do. I mean, ever since she read Neil, she has a certain it's preference. It's 14 inches wide. <laughs> 14 inches. It has to be 14 inches by 14 inches. Wow. I Just, mean, wow. Christina yeah. is a hell of a woman. She's a hell of a woman. Just telling you right now. If you've read Duncan Ralston's womb, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As always, I have to give a huge thank you to Amigo the Devil for allowing us to use his song Hungover in Jonestown as our theme song. Um, and I tell you on every episode, if you're an extreme horror fan and you're not listening to his music, you're really, really missing out because he basically does what our authors do, but he sets it to some awesome tunes. So you got to get on that because he's amazing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And who's, who's going to be hanging out with you and Christina? Oh my God. Okay, so... We actually will not have an author on for the next episode, but what we are doing is you will be getting a first quarter of 2022 rundown of all of the books that myself, Christina, and the magical Brad Tierney oh. have read within the first- He's been kicked off Facebook, by the he, way. He, yes, yes. Well, he and I are like Facebook uh, criminals because he, yeah. he finally got fully suspended. I have been put in Facebook jail multiple times. I've been in jail Because we're, we're too rammy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but he will be with us and we, all three of us, will be going through the books that we've read through the last the first three months of the year and kind of giving you a rundown of what we've loved so far and uh what we're looking forward to and but i can't wait to do this because he if is you're speaking, an absolute if you're speaking, if you're speaking to brad i don't know i don't know whether brad's actually read zola but i think that would be right up his tree oh my god yes i have to double check i will tell him right today because i'll probably message him after this yes i will ask you if he read it because oh my god if he hasn't he's gonna flip he did he did me a fabulous review for crack absolutely loved his review that he did for me for crack 
But I don't know whether he's read Zola, and I just think that he would love both Cravens and Zola. You know? Oh, I will tell him he needs to do that before we get together to do do our our thing with him. Yeah. If if y'all who are listening are not familiar with our Facebook community, Brad Tierney is like the male version of Donna. Like Brad is another one of our celebrity super fans. Brad is so popular amongst the authors and the reviewers and people like myself and David and Donna that Brad recently just got his own anthology of short of short subversive horror stories dedicated it's called Brad Novicon. Were you not allowed to be a part of it? I didn't know it was happening. Oh no! If that, if I'd have known that was happening, I'd have wrote him a fucked up book. I think you should do it yeah. anyway because do you anyway. know how yeah. happy that would make his fuzzy little bear heart. Oh I've my still, god! I've still got the idea of writing it. Uh, I, I think I've got an idea of what I would do, but I would write it in heavy metal script so you wouldn't be able to Ooh. read it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, you know what you need to do? Yeah. You need a heavy metal werebear and its name needs to be Brad. Brad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I, one of my goals is. My goals is to have an anthology dedicated to me. Um, but right now I'm satisfied with being killed in several books. Yeah, the, Do- the Donanomicon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Donanomicon. Donanomicon. We have oh the Bradnomicon. We need the Donanomicon. Yeah. I think the Donanomicon is like proper boss to say. It feels oh my really God, Y'all, if you are listening to this, you know what make it happen. Yeah, let's do it. And I want to be involved. Get me involved. I'll write something fucked up for you, Donna. Well, there, David. Now you have to spearhead this. Now you have to do the Donna (laughs) Nomicon. Don't give give me responsibility for anything. (laughs) I I haven't got a responsible organized bone in my body i could not organize anything says the man who has a 10-page document with 500 novel right? ideas, all of which he's already completed get the well, fuck I'm out i'm gonna here. sell some of them because i think i think it's gonna be like i'll be dead before i get around to some of them you're ridiculous oh, but i love you i love you Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I love both of you to itty bitty pieces. And y'all are lucky that we are not actually in the same room together because I would probably kill you with the awesome crushing power of my hugs. So, so I should but be careful at OfferCon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You might want to make sure uh, that you've got your uh, advanced directives updated and that your husband knows how to pay the bills. If something should happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you still looking at me? She pays all the bills. I am. <laughs> right? And I pay all the bills. So I assume that Donna pays all the bills too. So now, women, seriously. Oh, dang. I'm so jealous. <laughs> women, women, to me, are the, the, the they, they are the responsible ones. They know what they're doing. I don't mind having a woman boss. Because she's been my boss for years. She tells yes. me what to do when I fucking do it. Well, I've become, I have literally become one hell of a control freak simply yeah. because I have just been handed this, this amount of responsibility and I'm still like, shouldn't my dad be doing this? But no, right? What the fuck? somebody there's, thought that it was a good idea to put me in charge. There's no misogyny here. Get <laughs> no, thanks. I'd like to give some of that back. Can you oh. <laughs> 
I believe well, in e equality. That means you do it all. Yeah, I, I, just, I just sit here looking pretty. I'm a, I am a boss <laughs> bitch. I'm a strong, independent woman. I am. And I'm just a pretty male. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a delicate fucking flower. <laughs> I am a fucking delicate flower. Honestly, <laughs> God, pick me and smell me. You know. <laughs> this is literally one of the best episodes we've ever done. God damn it. Oh my God. This is amazing. Okay. All right, children. Until next time, please go raise some hell. <laughs> And you got to make your weird book mommies and your weird book godmother proud. Yeah! Yes. Oh my God, this is amazing. I fucking love it. <laughs> oh, bye! <laughs> oh, good. I was going to say, say goodbye, David. <laughs> I love you, Clucky. Life is a joke. Death is the punchline. Life is a joke. Death is the punchline. This life is a joke. And death is